could you do a scenario where you schedule a date and then kind of see say like great see you then that's honestly a great idea i i'm gonna make a note to do that thank you (laughs) you're welcome gun podcast over (laughs) yes uh great Welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host Rourke. Rourke, how are you doing? It has been a busy week, and as we discussed, I had sort of a group of men on the back burner for my post-finals life, and we're batting zero. <laughs> oh no! Um, yeah, I've had three very meh first dates. Oof. I know, which is a bummer. And so that is what it is. We can, you know, dive into it. But honestly, the best time I had this week was I took myself on a date last night. Hell yeah. Yeah. I went to this incredible ceviche restaurant and I treated myself to this wine shop that is very far away from me, but has like this great organic, funky, you know, biodynamic, like all this really fun wine that I don't often go grab. Mm-hmm. And so I did like a big online order curbside pickup from there, sat outside by myself with a book. It was blissful. That's amazing. And so I assume you will go on a second date. Yes. I will continue seeing myself exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> no tech script needed. Exactly. Uh, what about you? How was, the, how was our um, – he was previously unnicknamed and now we have – a one and done with the music man, correct? Yes. So we decided to call him the music man. Uh, it turns out he didn't really need a nickname because he will play no longer. Um, he, it was meh. Yeah. Meh is tough. I know. You know, I don't even know. I don't actually know that it's fair to describe it as meh. Okay. It was very much, I don't want to see this person again. Mm. But not because of who he is. Like not, he didn't do anything wrong. He just isn't for me. Totally understandable. I, I felt it was also, so the listeners know I haven't been on a first date in a couple of months and it was not a good first, first date in the sense that I, I just, he came out swinging with the amped up small talk. He was very high energy, which is great. But I was not prepared to step up to that level of energy. Yeah, it was an energy mismatch for your first step back up to plate. Our baseball metaphors are killing it today. Crushing it. I actually had my first softball game of the season last night. So, you know, I am... There we go. Yeah. Top of mind. Super top of mind. But yeah, I just... And I tried to think about, would this be overwhelming and bad for me if I were in my normal you know, out and about socializing frame of mind. And mm-hmm. I still think, yes, I, I still yeah. think I would have been a, a no. Yeah. Honestly, that sounds very similar to one of my three where obviously this is a podcast. It is a setting in which we are required to talk a lot, but still mm-hmm. we are both sociable, talkative people that have, I think, things to contribute to conversation. Yeah. I barely spoke during this date. And I think part of it on his part was nerves. He actually kind of commented a couple times once he was fiddling with a coaster and actually said, 
oh my gosh, I realize I'm really fidgeting with this. Or then once he stopped himself and said, am I swearing a lot? I feel like I'm swearing a lot. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. So he was sort of, he clearly was kind of observing these things about himself, but it was so, so many topics, so many jumping around. He would start somewhere and I would want to respond to it in some way, but he would end somewhere else. And so I often had to say, yes, going back to that first thing. <laughs> oh, that's so hard. I I feel that so hard too with the music man. Like yeah. it was, and he would actually, he actually caught himself doing it a couple times. Like there were a couple times where he started telling a story and then he would, he would totally flip to something else and then stop himself mid-sentence and say, but wait, I wanted to hear what you had to say about this first thing. And so it wasn't that he wanted to be the overbearing person in the conversation. It wasn't that he wasn't curious about me or that he was a selfish conversationalist. He yeah. just had a lot to say. Yeah. And I think that's the case for the person I was out with too. I, none of this was like, hush woman, man speak. None, it was none of that. It was just, I think, sort of like pure ex, like energy about the topics. Yeah. And again, it was just a lot. And I also like I had driven, I had stuff to do in the morning. And so I wasn't planning. I had I had one glass of wine and I actually add, asked her to add seltzer to it because I sort of wanted to like slow, like have a full glass, but have it watered down. Yeah. And so I drank it slowly and he sort of before asking if like I was interested, he was like, oh, like I'll do another. And it, it, it just was like getting, it just got away from me. <laughs> I feel that. I also had an experience throughout this date that he was very complimentary of me, which is lovely, but because I was feeling that mismatch, it became awkward for me. Mm, yeah. And so that – because I just wasn't – not that I would feel obligated to reciprocate because if you get a compliment, I'll thank you is a full sentence. Well said. Very true. But it just got awkward because I was just throughout the date feeling like, oh, he is much more invested in this than I am this is going to lead to a place where I'm going to have to turn down a second date, which I ultimately did. I was going to say, and yes. Um, what has happened since? So he reached out the next day. My people who watch my Instagram story will know this already. He reached out the next day, asked me out again. It was a lovely text that he sent asking me out again. I used my no ghosting script to tell him I wasn't really feeling it. Beautiful. Yeah. And he, he was very gracious. He said, you know, appreciate the honesty and I hope you find what you're looking for, which is chef's kiss. Can't ask for better. That is ideal. I similarly have been asked out again to a such a high stakes situation. He invited me to be his plus one on a boat with his friends trapped in the middle of the sea <laughs> with this man's friends. I, it's unbelievable. I again want to tell you that your friend meeting vibe is highly chaotic and I don't understand. It is out of control. I don't know what vibes I'm giving off. Uh, you're giving off vibes that's either like, you either never want to meet my friends or you must meet them immediately. Yeah. There's no it, in between. Oh, God. It's like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Is that what it's called? I think so, where the porridge is like a little too hot, a little yeah. too cold, and then it's like just right. Yeah. I always think of the... I always get I always think of the Berenstein Bears. Oh, that's different. I think that's like I a know story that's different. 
Yeah. I always thought, because, so my my dad is Jewish, and I always thought, I when I was a kid, I called them the Bernstein Bears. I thought they were Jews. <laughs> Maybe they are Jews. We they know. might be. <laughs> anyway, unrelated to dating, I have a phone throwing moment. Oh. Just where it, it oddly, it involves, it is both medical and involves my phone. Wow. Okay. Go on. So this is very personal. I have a theory that there are sort of two types of women. One set gets UTIs and the other set gets yeast infections. Ah, yes. And the other has like never, each has like never, or maybe once had the other, but is very prone to the opposite. I think this is really true. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I am a yeast infection person. Okay. And I am a delicate flower. Like I once accidentally used um, hand soap in the shower as body wash, yeast infection. Like wow. I, I'm very prone. And so my doctor recommends that once a week I use boric acid, which is like stuff you use to kill ants, but apparently it like resets your pH and like I eat a lot of yogurt, whatever. So this is, it's a still, pill that I'm st- you- I'm still stuck on the ants thing. I <laughs> yeah, boric acid kills it. It's very helpful. <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm stuck on the like ants thing, but also yeast infection thing. <laughs> they are unrelated. Okay. Go on. Common remedy, different problems. <laughs> very, very different problems. Go on. Um. So it's a little tablet and you have to put it up you like a suppository it is a vaginal suppository yeah so that's the reality of this thing i last it it was my time to take one last night so i was you know getting i was doing my bedtime routine i put it on the counter i'm sort of like walking around my apartment putting on my pajamas whatever i circle back to it and i realize it's not there and so i say to myself did it roll what happened Oh, I took it like a vitamin. <gasps> Wait. Uh-huh. I just went on autopilot. I, I just, because it, it looks like a little white vitamin. I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. I took it. So now I'm like, okay, what do I do? I look at the bottle. It says, if if ingested orally, call poison control immediately. <laughs> so yeah i am losing it so i fucking call poison control so this is the phone throwing part <laughs> okay guys ali ali is like doing the silent laugh i really wish this was getting the big the audio reaction that it deserves <laughs> i can't breathe <laughs> yeah so i call poison control and pulling myself together and, I'm sorry. yeah it's fine and this man is like oh this happens all the time <laughs> oh no yeah. He's like, oh, this is very common. It's 600 milligrams, right? And I said, yes. Like, he knew exactly what it was. And he's like, okay, you're going to puke, but, like, you're going to be fine. And I was like, okay, great. And so I just accepted my fate, and I am fine. He recommended having, like, a little bit to eat because that might sort okay. of absorb it. So I had a piece of, like, gluten-free toast, whatever. And, um, yeah, so that was my night. <laughs> Wow. I also want to clarify that the only reason that I was racked with laughter is because we are sitting here speaking to each other. And I assume if something was terribly wrong, we wouldn't just be recording the pod. Yes. If there was a real emergency, like you would definitely know. Yeah. So that given that you're totally fine, I couldn't contain my laughter. Thank you. 
Wow. Yeah. So be careful, people. Don't yeah. put it on your kitchen counter like how you do when you take your vitamins. <laughs> Don't do it. Well, my phone throwing moment is not nearly as potentially deadly, I guess. <laughs> oh, and also, like, I was, of course, I, of course I Googled and it's like, activated charcoal will not fix this. Like, don't try that, which is a common yeah. thing to use to, anyway, whatever. Oh, man. Bullshit. Anyway, okay, sorry. So, so I did have a phone throwing moment this week. It was not nearly as, uh, it wasn't poison related at all. I'm very glad. <laughs> so, so I I don't actually think I've mentioned him on the pod, but there is a guy that I met at a wedding a couple years ago that I've had like an on again, off again flirtation with. We'll call him the groomsman. Great meet. Love a wedding meet. Yeah. This is, this is ah, actually, that's not true. I've had two wedding meets. Okay. Um, this was a good one, but that's a story for another day. Or maybe not. I was going to say, I like what it implies about the other one. <laughs> or maybe not based on this update. So he was in town. We're totally just friends now. He has a girlfriend. They're very happy. We had dinner and actually plays into our conversation last week with seeing other people with Alana and Jonah. I was just going to say. Yeah, because we are friends and it's it's great. Awesome. So, I mean, I guess a little different because he doesn't live in New York, so – we're not in each other's lives on a daily basis type of friends. Distance probably makes that easier to navigate. Yeah, but I digress. So he was in town. We had dinner. We were just catching up on what's new with each other. And somehow he had missed that I have this platform. Okay. And I had previously, I was doing all these dating updates on my personal Instagram. And I transitioned it over to this a a while ago. I told everyone I was doing that, et cetera. He didn't make the move. And so he didn't follow me, didn't listen, doesn't didn't listen to the pod, none of that. So you're saying he's not a part of the four percent male audience. Listen. No, he is not. No, <laughs> okay. he is not. Well, at least as of a week ago, he was not. So I told him about it and subsequently also told him about the podcast. So he now follows Finding Mr. Height and I believe has subscribed to the pod. And where this becomes a phone-throwing moment is I've essentially invited an ex of mine to listen to my dating life. (laughs) Yes, he's been invited into the dialogue. (laughs) He's here with us. (laughs) So there there are now multiple confirmed exes listening. Um, And (laughs) which is fine. Hello, groomsmen, if you're listening. Um, But I just, after I said it, and I've never, like I said, I've never spoken about him. Yeah. Like he, and I'm not shit talking him at all. He's wonderful. Yeah. But. Well, it starts today, groomsmen. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I just had that thing where I like kind of wished I could pull something back into my mouth when I was like, oh yeah, and I have a podcast. Yep. 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 That was my rewind noise. Very accurate. I liked it. (laughs) Um, So that was, that was that, that I. Maybe in an ideal scenario, wouldn't have told him, but here we are. Yeah. Sounds like it'll be fun. I mean, yeah, it's totally fine. Like I said, we're friends. It's great. That's hilarious. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets. If you want to come experience some magic live, we want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have... So much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. 
it is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand up shows. Start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrhight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. Hi, friends. Allie from the editing room here. We really got invested in this conversation about first dates to the point where Rourke and I realized that it had spiraled out of control and we were only halfway through our topics and at nearly an hour of talking. So we are going to give you guys two episodes on this topic instead of sort of trying to cram everything into one. So enjoy part one. We'll talk all the way up to the date and then part two will be coming soon. And now we'll get to it. Enjoy. I think that our weeks inspired this episode topic, correct? They did, 100%. We are talking about first dates today in honor of the fact that you and I went on first dates in the same week for the first time since having this podcast. Yes. Oh my God. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Let's not also talk about the fact, well, now I'm just going to say it, that I went on the first first date since having this podcast. Okay. That's a... Accurate, logical conclusion. (laughs) But anyway, we're talking about first dates. I get so many questions about this from my clients, from followers who DM me. It's so much when I do my Friday Ask Me Anythings. So many of the questions are about first dates. There's so much here. I'm excited to get into it. Great. Well, this can be sort of almost similar to the red flag one where we get going on scratching the surface. And then if listeners have more specific questions, we can sort of dive in on a more personal basis in future episodes. Totally. So first, let's start with our weird or not of the week. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot. Yeah. So you almost forgot. (laughs) By forget, I mean, oh, no. (laughs) My internet connection is unstable. Bye. I'm going through a tunnel. I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> okay. So our weird of the week is they want to do dinner on the first date. Right. Rourke, what do you think the people thought, weird or not? This is a tricky one because I don't think it's weird and I also don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so that's like this tension that I don't exactly know how to say what that how that comes out in the vote. I'm going to say this is, so weird or not, 30 weird, 70 not weird. So I think based on the feedback that a lot of people were in the same boat as you, they hedged even more though. It ended at only 15% weird, 85% not. Wow. Lots of people want dinner dates. Yeah. Which to date, no pun intended, is the most 
unanimous answer that we've had of a weird or not. Yeah, that's really skewed. Yeah. And most of the people to talk about the not for the most people, most of them either said what you said, which is it's not weird, but it's not my preference. Mm-hmm. Most people, like I, I could copy paste answers, said that's a standard first date. What are you talking about? True. Sort of the old school dinner in a movie mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So I think – and for me, I also don't want to do dinner on a first date, but I think that's because I meet 100% of my first dates on a dating app. And so I am not going on any first dates that I already have met this person. That's a great point because I am thinking now if, for example, if a friend wanted to set me up, say – I, I almost would be more down for a dinner date or like we met in a social setting and now you're getting my number and asking me out. I can, I know I can sustain conversation with you. So that's a really good point. That's a good distinction. Yeah. And I have been on dinner dates when I was doing Finding Mr. Height last year before I met the Oyster. One of the, my dates was a setup and we did do dinner and that made mm-hmm. a ton of sense. Yeah. But all of the people in the weird camp, which is only 15% of people, but they – said exactly how I feel and I know how you feel too, that that's just too much time to commit to somebody that you might know right away you don't want to spend time with. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And a lot of people also made the point, which is these weirder nas are sort of asked in a vacuum, but a lot of people also made the point that in COVID, you like you can't in a lot of places get drinks and not food. Good, very good point. Yeah. Only very recently did Los Angeles – change the rules there. So now you can just get drinks, yeah, but that has not been the case for a while. Yeah. I actually didn't know New York had changed the rules until my date this week when we didn't get food. Yeah. But yeah, so that that this is the most unanimous poll we've ever had. All right. It is decided. Get those dinner dates started, people. Not for me, though. Please don't yes. ask me on a dinner date. <laughs> the DMs are not open for dinner no, dates. The DMs are very closed for dinner dates. <laughs> so I don't want to go on a dinner date, but I do want to go on a date. Yes. And I think where we should start is getting on that date. And we've talked about this a little bit in the corresponding one, episode six, where we talked through how what strategies we've used in the past to go from messaging or texting to dates. Mm-hmm. Let's call that back a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, so episode six, the corresponding one, was about pen pals. So that's sort mm-hmm. of when messaging or texting has been going on for – a very long amount of time where it's sort of feeling like, what are we doing here? Are we just going to be strangers who text or are we going out? Right. Which brings me quickly to a question though. What is that amount of time? Because that's the a lot of the key question that I get is how long are you supposed to talk before going out? That is exactly what was on my mind as well. So I was it Alana that said this on seeing other people that 10 messages is some sort of like golden number. That's the number from Hinge's data that on average, because Hinge, if you're on Hinge, you'll know that after you've been messaging with somebody for a while, Hinge will give you a prompt of, did you meet that person? Yes, I have. Yeah. And they use that as a gauge for the number of messages that it takes to get onto a date. We should ask Alana more about this because I also think they like there's something in your messages too where they know if you – I'm not entirely sure, but like 
we should ask her about this. But yes, they okay. their data has said that 10 messages is the sweet spot for whether or not you will end up on a date with that person. So I would like to know how that is quantified because I am somebody who texts in blips, not paragraphs. Mm. So my one message is often four. I th- I would assume, and I I don't know the, the specific uh, constraints around the study, but I would assume that it's 10 exchanges. Like, okay, I sent you something, you sent me something. Okay, that feels a little bit more right. Because I've sort of been, since hearing that, trying to count. <laughs> and I'm like, I hit 10, like, <laughs> real fast. But, um, okay, that makes a lot more sense then. So I think there... There is a sweet spot, I think, between no messages and too many. And I am I'm getting a little concerned, actually, about a situation with one guy where he is out of town up until he is out of town starting today, and then I leave when he gets back. Oh. And so we're going to be, like, texting for, like, 10 days. And I, that's too long. Well... Could you do a scenario which kind of leads us into a different topic that we're going to get into, but could you do a scenario where you schedule a date and then kind of see, say like, great, see you then? That's honestly a great idea. I, I'm going to make a note to do that. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Gun. Podcast over. <laughs> yes. Uh, great. Um, but so I think this is probably one of those things where we can like easily identify the boundaries, but then the perfect middle is a little bit hard to put your finger on, right? Yeah. Where... We've gotten questions from listeners that say, what do you guys think about a person who as their first message is essentially like, here's my number, let's go out. And I I think that's a little jarring. I need a little bit more to show that there's some banter there that we can have something to talk about. But then I think once it gets to a week, a week is about the distance of time I can schedule out and like still feel like we're going to have the momentum to make that date happen. Yeah. I think a week feels right to me in the scenario where we're not going and don't do this. I don't recommend doing this, going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth in messages. In the scenario where we're sending like a message or two a day in the app for five, six days, and then we schedule a first date. That feels like a nice timeline for me. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. So there's a guy that I'm currently dealing with on the league where I don't think we're talking anymore because I like said, I like stopped furthering the conversation really because he Mm. just like, it didn't seem like he intended on taking it anywhere or wanted to take it anywhere. So Mm -hmm. anyway, go back to episode six if you want to hear more about our strategies for how to get on a date. But okay, so now you've scheduled that date that's hopefully within the next week or so. Mm-hmm. And what are our thoughts on that intervening time, assuming that it's not a situation like yours where the person's gone or on vacation? Yeah. So I think that this is good for maybe you messaged, like, you've probably messaged about something regarding how you're spending your time, whether it's the weekend or, you know, something big in your life. For example, the the guy that's about to travel actually is going through a move. Hmm. And so a way he's sort of been keeping in touch with me is saying like, I'm looking at couches today, you know? So I think if like there's something going on in your life that is a almost a universal update that's easy, I think that's like kind of a good way to stay in touch until the date happens. 
I agree. And I don't think it needs to be every day. Agreed. And I, I honestly don't, I don't want to say shouldn't be every day, but I feel like in an ideal scenario, it wouldn't be for me. Similarly, I mean, you know how I feel about this. I'm, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a low texter. Well, I, and so I, and so I think it should be noted that I'm a high texter. I do Agreed. want to text with somebody. Agreed. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no argument. Go on. <laughs> I think it should be noted that I do want to text every day with somebody once we are dating or, you know, even after we've been on that first date and I like them, etc. But going into that first date, I don't want there to be too much buildup about who they are, who I am, what our connection is like before we actually find out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've certainly been burned where the texting is super fun and then in person it's just not hitting the same. And super I can't not. Yeah. I I can't put my finger on it at all, but it does happen off, more often than I'd like. Yeah. And then you're more disappointed because you thought that it was going to be such a good date because your texting is so good. And you're more disappointed than you would have been if you never had that expectation built up for yourself. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I I would say I'm generally a optimistic glass half full person. And I'm not I'm definitely not a glass half empty dater, but I will say I think dating is a space where I like to be pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. And it's almost not it's almost having like no glass. You know, we'll see what it is. Yes. We'll see how full this glass is when we get there. I love that. Let's have no glass. Yeah. Let's wait to be handed the glass when we arrive. Exactly. Because a lot of people will say, oh, you know, I just go in thinking it's going to be terrible. So if it's not terrible, I'm pleasantly surprised. And I don't like that because I don't want to, I don't want us to. The bar's not on the floor. No. There's just no bar yet. Correct. And that, I think if we go into it thinking it's going to be terrible, then it's the opposite issue. Now we've got confirmation bias coming in where we think it's going to be bad and then we are proved correct. Yes, exactly. I like I like this theory. You've switched from messaging to texting. Who has, maybe you've said, maybe the messaging was, I would love to meet up, here's my number, but there's no plan. How do you make the plan? Do you, And I know that we've talked about this a little bit across episodes, episode two, the unsolicited one, also, again, corresponding one, episode six. This theme kind of runs through a lot of our episodes. But, you know, how do you – who makes the plan? How do you make the plan? I ideally would like the person who wanted to go out to make the plan, so the person who said – because usually, in my experience, when we move to text message, there's usually some sort of mention of going out. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, we, you know, I'd love to meet up. Let's get your number or, or whatever it is. It's usually, and there are some scenarios where it's more so just, oh, I don't check this as often. Do you want to move to text? That's often my move. But I think that that, it generally is implied that the next step is going to be to go out. And I think that the person who suggests going out should be the one who suggests the initial plan. So then how do you square the suggestion of saying, Somebody asks you sort of like somebody asked me like a very lengthy question and I used the, oh, wow, that's a complex answer, but I'd love to tell you about it in person sometime. Mm-hmm. And so then am I suggesting going out then? Good. Good. That's a good clarifying question. I don't think so. Okay. I think you're saying that you would like to, but you're not asking them out on a date. 
that's that okay that's a that's a fair that's a fair point of clarification yeah so but i i don't think it necessarily matters who suggests the plan but what i don't love is when somebody asks me out and then puts the onus on me to decide what i want to do yeah that's very frustrating and yeah and it's often done under the guise of deferring to my preferences like it's often like well what do you want to do and i I don't think that's really why they do that. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that I think that that's kind of that could be easy to sort out. Where I think a way to find out what I want to do is give me some options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you <laughs> you know that's very clear. Give me a choice. Yeah, and th- that can look really specific. So the aspiring sober vegan, for example, when we went on our first date. He gave me two very different but very specific options where he had looked up a couple different things that were going on in Brooklyn. And yeah, it was great. And he was like, okay, we could get drinks at this place and then go do this thing. Or we could do a picnic in Brooklyn Bridge Park and then go do this thing. And they were very different. Delightful. And honestly, they both sounded great, but I picked one. Um, But it could also look more general, like what the music man did for me which was where he kind of said, you know, I'd, I'd love to pick some place near you so that it's more convenient for you. You know, do you have any favorite spots or do you want me to pick someplace new? Surprise me, baby. Let's go. Yeah. But he gave me the option to be more comfortable going someplace I knew while still very much owning the fact that he would pick a place if that was my preference. Yeah. I like that. I often will try to say back to them, I'll let you know the time you pick the place. Oh, I like that. Sort of something like that. Like, you know, like, you know, what works for you or when do you want to go out? I say, I'll pick the time you pick the place or, you know, it's, it's something like that. Um, yeah, and that's been, that's usually worked for me. Yeah. And I will say, and we, we mentioned this on last episode, but I will say that if they suggest something that you don't like or that you don't want to do, you are well within your right as you should to express that that doesn't quite work for you, whether it's just because you don't like that place or because you're uncomfortable with the suggestion. But I do think that it makes sense to then suggest something different. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Even honestly, that's just a good lowercase r relationship rule Mm -hmm. with friends where if a friend is trying to plan something and the person on the group text is like, no, okay, thank you so much for your input. You know, I (laughs) – When I plan group trips with my friends and I have like, you know, I don't know, a bunch of Airbnb options, for example, or, you know, whatever the options are. And I'll send out a survey. Usually it's a Google form. And the last option of the question will be, I don't care and also will not complain about what is chosen. Love that. That is that is key. <laughs> it's so key. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you don't have to care. I am I am happy to make this decision for the group, but you will not be nitpicking my decision that you had no input on. Absolutely not. All right. Well, let's say you've seamlessly been asked out, agreed, you're thrilled about the pick. The date is impending. How do you, let's say the day of, you know, maybe it's been like a stressful work day or maybe you have something going on. Like, how do you sort of get in a like fun date headspace if you're not if you if you're not necessarily in that headspace during the day. I loved the uh the little fun date move yeah. that you did with your hands. <laughs> That's a, it's a new TikTok dance. It is not. It is it's not. Narrator. Is it? No. It was not. It was not. Okay. I uh, so 
you know that I had this issue on Wednesday when I went out with the music man. I I'm having a very long work week. It's been it's been a week. And I texted you and I said I do not want to go on this date. And it has nothing to do with him. Obviously, I didn't know yet that I wasn't going to be into him. I just was having a really hard time motivating. Yeah. And I also I appreciate you so much because I texted you that <laughs> I texted you that and then you wrote me back with very good advice and I responded, I know I brought this up, but I don't want to talk about it. And I was like, no problem. <laughs> and I very much appreciate you just saying, okay, not a problem at all. Like, I think that, I mean, I personally think it's so much better just to be clear about like what you want rather than engaging in the conversation with me against something that you like felt good about and then being like, fucking we're trying to talk about this. I can't believe her. <laughs> believe she replied to my text message on this topic <laughs> yeah um but the advice that you gave me which is advice that i also give and i think is great is do you have a pump up playlist do you have something that'll put you in a good mood a show a, a song a podcast you know something you can listen to while you're getting ready um yeah. that pumps you up and i do i listen to lizzo it is very uh very generic of me i have an idea Let's make a like pre-date Spotify podcast playlist that people could subscribe to. I love this so much. Two people who really care about music making a playlist. Oh my God. The fact that we are going to make a Spotify playlist is the biggest joke that has come out of this podcast. I mean, I'm like, I'll, I'll get, I'll get people's input. No, it's great. I, I mean, we can just solicit input for people, for people to send in songs that they think are great pump up songs. I love it. It can be sort of like an ever-growing list. Oh, this is great. Okay, this will be fun. Finding Mr. Hyde the playlist. So we'll come up with a bunch of different ones. Anywho, I have one of those. So I used that. I also went – this is not an option for, that everybody wants to do, but I also went live on social media to kind of pump up while I was doing my hair. And uh, with the exception of one guy who told me my hair looked bad, it was a very good – it was a very good date prep pump up. I was going to say that's that's a quick backfire. <laughs> well, everybody else in the live jumped on him and told me I should kick him out of the live. So it, it was a good moment. Yeah. And your hair looks great still. Thank you. I haven't touched it since. Beautiful. So uh, yeah. So that's – I think that's – you know, I think what's tricky is trying to delineate between am I unmotivated for this date because of external factors? Maybe I had a stressful day. Maybe I'm just kind of, you know, down about dating in general or, you know, I haven't been on a date in a while. I don't remember how to do it. Or am I having a gut feeling about the person that I've agreed to go out with and now feeling like I don't want to meet them specifically? I think understanding that distinction is very important because the answer to this question might be different, which is, at what point is it too late to cancel if you believe there is one? Yeah, I think I think the the generic answer, like the short and sweet answer, is it's never too late to cancel. Yeah. I, I agree. But I I think you want to think about the reasons because to your point, if you're having a gut feeling that something's off with this person, yeah. It is it is literally never too late even if even if you are walking up to the bar or the restaurant or the park or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, if that's your gut feeling. But if it's if it's because you just don't feel like going, then I feel like while technically it's never too late to cancel, I think a same-day cancel is not good karma. I agree with you. 
Yeah. And I actually, I was, I was feeling, so my meh first date the other day was supposed to be dinner and I was really having anxiety about it. And I'm not sure if it was because I maybe thought he wasn't a good fit, Mm. but something about it was saying like committing and it was like a nice dinner too. The idea of going through a nice dinner was really stressing me out. And so instead of canceling, I pivoted him to drinks. Love it. Very graceful of you. Thank you. And so I, to me, that felt like the right solution where it was like, okay, I don't feel good about canceling the day of, but how can I sort of contain it in a way that will make me feel a little bit better? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great option that I have never really considered until you told me that you were going to do that. And now if that happens, I will. Well, I can provide that as a Rourke script. Please do. Although I've already said to people, don't ask me on a dinner date. So maybe it won't, I won't have to use it. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. If you don't, if you don't commit to it, you don't have to cancel it. <laughs> yeah. That, and that, maybe that's the script. Maybe the script is less about when you've already committed to dinner, how to pivot to drinks and instead how to pivot a dinner invitation into something lower stakes. Yeah, that's a great script as well. And then I think, did I see on the Finding Mr. Heights story that you also wanted to work on one just for like canceling period? Yeah. So one question that I get a lot, and I'm going to release a script, I haven't written it yet, but I'm going to release a script on this this week, is when you've already agreed to the date, how do you cancel? And I think there's two different routes, one of which I've already kind of written one for, and that's if you are canceling, but you do want to go out again. Yes. In which case the onus is on you to reschedule. We've talked about this at length. 100%. But what about if you want to cancel a date and not go out ever? Yeah, that's tricky because that's it's almost a combination of the like – it's almost like you need the sentiment of the no ghost script, but you haven't met. Yes. You need to communicate that you feel like it will be – that there is no benefit to going out because you already feel like it won't be a fit. Mm-hmm. And – I still feel strongly that you do not need to give a reason. Yeah. I, I I mean, I agree with that. I also think you will probably get asked the reason at a higher rate than if you don't want to go on a second date with someone. Totally agreed. Because I think then they're like, well, she met me and she doesn't like that. They probably just like make up the reason in their head of whatever thing they, you know, they didn't like me. Yeah. But if somebody said that to me and we hadn't even met yet, I probably would be wondering more, well, why? Yeah, like what did you discover? What changed? Yeah. And I again, I still don't think you're required to give that information. I think you should just be prepared that it will get asked. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I also think, and the script will include this, that you do need to acknowledge that you agreed to a date. And I, I actually think apologize and say like, you know, I'm sorry, but kind of thing. And I almost never recommend apologizing, but I think like, Unless the reason that you've decided to not go out with them is because they've done something. Correct. Then I think it's appropriate in this case. What do you think? No, I think that's uh, – I agree because it's almost saying like you are – you aren't apologizing for not being interested. Like you're no. not apo- – right. You're not like apologizing for your emotional f- – like how you're emotionally interacting with the situation. You're saying I'm kind of like sorry for the inconvenience of telling you I wanted to do something and now taking that away. 
That's exactly it. You're yeah, you're apologizing for having agreed in the first place and yeah. you know, they've earmarked whatever time you set aside. Like yeah. they, you know, that's an inconvenience on them that ideally wouldn't have happened. For example, something that has happened to me where a reason I've canceled a date is because I saw their dating profile on Hinge. We swiped right, we communicated, etc. We had a date planned. And then I went back to review the profile and saw their Instagram handle. And so I looked at the Instagram, which I hadn't, for some reason, I actually don't check them usually. Yeah, I don't And either. unless I'm, you know, trying to evade the standout Rose's <laughs> situation. But um, I went to his profile and like a different person, he looked. Oh. I was like, oh, no. Interesting. And I was like, I am not attracted to this person. And so I, I like, I will fully admit I came up with like a, like a white lie to sorry to cancel and like not again. But, but yeah, like I like sort of didn't know what to do. So I need your tech script. Yeah. So now we're going to have a tech script for it. I, I've had a similar experience, not with the Instagram, but where somebody added something to their profile after and I know for a fact that it wasn't there before that mm. did not align with a value of mine. Gotcha. And I then did not want to go out with them anymore. Yeah. Exactly. So Brooke, I'm so excited that there's so much here that as we noted earlier, we didn't realize how much we had to say. And this episode so- spiraled. <laughs> it really did, but like in like a really good way. And I'm very excited for part two when we actually get on the date. Yeah, we're going to have it, – it's going to be like me with finals. We're going to like preload everybody's dates and then be like, hold, guys. <laughs> don't go on them yet. You don't know how to do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I also think the cool thing about this is that based on our recording schedule and what we've got coming up, we're going to get to release this episode and find out what people want to know once they get on the date. Oh, that's a great point. We're going to – yes, we're going to be able to integrate feedback into part two quite yeah, rapidly. Which I love. So I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Well, Ali, I hope you have a great weekend and I will talk to you shortly, I'm sure. You too. Bye, girl. Bye. 